0: My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Okay, today we're gonna talk about how to stay strong through challenging times. And before we get started, I'd like for you to enter into prayer with me. Heavenly Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that will not only empower me to minister this word but I pray that you would cause the listener to have ears to hear what you have to say to them so that they will be able to rise up and be strong in these challenging times in Jesus name Amen. Basically this is one of those sermons that God has given me he literally downloaded it into my spirit especially for you Again, it's called, How to Stay Strong in Challenging Times. And my friend, you know as well as I know that we are living in challenging times. And the scripture that comes to my mind is found in Isaiah chapter 60, verse one through three. And that scripture says, Arise and shine. Your light has come for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And the scripture goes on to say, For darkness, gross darkness will cover the earth but my glory will rise upon you and will be seen upon you there is a great contrast here in this scripture there's the contrast between light and there's the contrast between dark and i'm not one to belabor being negative or i don't want to be like a negative kind of a speaker to you today but i do want you to understand that we are living in some seriously dark times that there's never been a day like this day there's never been a time like this time the things that you have to deal with i never had to deal with growing up and so we want to talk about some of the things that you have to deal with and then we're going to go into how to stay strong in these challenging times what are some things that you have to deal with now i'm not trying to scare you what i'm trying to do here today is equip you so that you can be bold and so that you can be strong. But here's some of the statistics that we have seen and that I discovered as I was preparing to teach you today. According to an article in Teen Mania, by the time the average child graduates from high school, they will have watched 1900 hours of TV, including about 200,000 sexual acts and 1 million acts of violence. The internet can be, and many times is, an open door to pornography and occult groups. Of our young, according to this article, 58% have been involved in objectable uh, content on the web. Here is a statement by the American Academy of Pediatrics. Exposure to media violence through television, movies, music, Video games can contribute to a variety of physical and mental health problems for children and for young adults, including aggressive behavior, nightmares, desensitization, desensit uh, desensita- I can't say the word, but you know the word. D- you're desensitized to violence, fear, and depression. Listening to explicit music lyrics can affect your schoolwork your social interactions, and produce significant changes in mood and behavior. What's your point? My point is these are the times that you are living in. Here's some more statistics. We are living in times where bullying is on the rise, including cyberbullying. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, Nearly one-third of all students between the ages of 12 to 18 reported being bullied at school, some almost daily. Another report showed that 43% of students feared bullying in the school bathroom and 160,000 students missed school for fear of being bullied. Now, these kinds of things were not happening when I was growing up. But these are the kinds of things that you are facing in these challenging times. And I want you to know that God knows about it, God sees it, and He is here here to help you, and He is here to strengthen you in these challenging times. Here's another statistic. Then we hear about depression. We live in a majorly depressive, medicated society. The use of prescription drugs is on the rise to help treat some of these disorders. We have anxiety. And let me just say something about anxiety. I am a mother of three adult children, and not only am I a mother of three adult children, but I have countless children who call me actually their godmother. And the number one problem they're always talking to me about and asking me for prayer is that they have a problem with anxiety they're having panic attacks, they can't sleep at night. Well, my friends, these are the times you're living in, and God knows about it, and I'm here to tell you how to overcome these things. We also know there's a great concern about cutting, and I'm sure you have somebody that you know that's cutting themselves. And it's, it's a great epidemic in our youth and in our, within our students and young adults. Teens and young adults turn to cutting to relieve emotional pain, and it is supposed to release some kind of endorphins in the system. Whereas there's a rise of TV shows that have things like witchcraft and occult practices, wizards, witches, there's all kinds of things that 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 your generation is seeing that my generation didn't see. There's a major rise of this kind of spiritual darkness in the earth. And let me just tell you something, when it comes to witches and warlock and and, 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 and satanic occult practices, these things, my friends, are not a joke. And you're gonna hear me say some things and I'm just gonna be bold about saying. These things are not a joke. There is a real spirit world. There is the spirit of darkness and there's the spirit of God's kingdom, the spirit of light. And these kinds of practices are helping the spirit of darkness to invade the society that you live in. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope in Him. Now, it says that in the Scripture that darkness, gross darkness, another translation even says deep darkness is going to cover the earth. But at the same time, the good news is the Scripture says that the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you and the light of God will rise upon you. Let me just tell you something. You are a chosen generation. And you are a generation of students and young adults that have been raised up for such a time as this. You are called by God and you are equipped by God to live in a time such as this. As a matter of fact, there are things that God has deposited on the inside of you that my generation did not have because I didn't need that kind of spiritual equipment. So just remember something as we continue in this message. The Bible says where sin abounds or where darkness abounds, the grace of God will so much more abound. And there is a great grace on your generation. And God has called you, He has anointed you, and He has equipped you to live in these perilous times. The Bible even says that in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. But I believe it's going to be said of you, like it was said of the early church, that they that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. What does that mean? That means I believe that you're a generation of young students, young adults who have been called by God. And I believe there's a great anointing on you and I believe that God has raised you up and that you are going to be the revolutionaries that that the kingdom of God has prepared for. So I just want you to be encouraged today. But in order to be what God has called you to be, there are certain things that you have to do. And these are the things that I want to talk to you about today. Romans 12, 2 says, and this is out of the Message Bible, And again, this is a very easy, simple translation. Remember, I told you that if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible that you can understand. And and the Message Bible is pretty like watered down, so to speak, but it's a good translation for this particular verse. It says here, don't become too well adjusted with your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, the scripture says, fix your attention on god so just because all these things are on the rise doesn't mean that you have to be partakers of them as a born-again christian as a child of god the bible says that you are a partaker of the divine nature of god and in the spirit you have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust god wants you to separate yourself from the world and be holy unto him. The Bible says that you as a Christian are the temple of the living God. And God said, I don't, I dwell in you and I walk in you. And I want you to be separate from the world. Don't take on the standards of the world. Take on the standards of what the scripture has to say about who you are. Okay. We are living in challenging times. So how do we stay strong in these challenging times? Number one. And this is what God wants me to tell you. Intertwine your life with God. Intertwine your life with God and make him the absolute, total and complete Lord of your life. Make him the absolute Lord of your life, of your life. Give him your all and give him your everything. God doesn't want you to be a lukewarm person as it relates to your love for Him. He wants you to be hot on fire for Him, sold out to Him, as the Bible says, and He wants you to have clean hands and a pure heart. He doesn't want any cracks, any open doors, because He knows you're living in challenging times. And He knows that if you have that open door, it's a way whereby the enemy can enter in and still kill and destroy you so i want to tell you something today the very first thing we need to do to stay strong in god is to intertwine our lives with him we need to be so knit together with him that nothing can get us off course you know the bible talks about the straight and the narrow course and there's few that find it god wants you to stay on course He wants you to stay focused on him and turn away from anything that would distract your attention and your focus on Jesus. So how do we stay strong in God? We need to intertwine our lives with him. We need to be so bonded to him and so committed to him that no matter what, We are going to serve him. No matter what anybody says to us, no matter what kind of peer pressure may come our way, we are going to make a decision that today, and you can even do it right now as you hear my voice. The Bible says don't harden your heart, but today make a decision. I am going to be sold out for Jesus. I'm not going to give the devil an inch. You know, if you give the devil an inch, let me tell you something. He's cruel and he's a cruel enemy and he will take a mile. You may not see it at first, but I can guarantee you one thing. You give the devil just a little bit, he will come in, the Bible says, like a flood he'll come in, and he is a thief, and he will try to kill, steal, and destroy you. And again, you may not notice it at first that that the devil's really gaining ground in your life, but you give him an inch and he's gonna gain some ground. You open up that door and he will come in like a flood. So I'm not trying to scare you. What I'm trying to say to you is we as believers, all of us, no matter what age we are, we need to make Jesus Christ not just our Savior, but we need to make Him the absolute, total and complete Lord of our lives, intertwining our lives with Him. Let's look here at Isaiah chapter 40. It says here in verse 28 through 31, it says here, Have you not known... Have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth? He doesn't faint, neither is he weary, and his understanding is unsearchable. Let me just say this, the things of God are not boring, and they're not meant to be boring. Let me tell you, if you're going to a boring church, get out of that boring church, and find a Spirit-filled church where there's signs and there's wonders and where you see the presence and the purpose of God being established in that body of believers. The early church was not a time when the people were bored. The Bible talks about, read the book of Acts. I would encourage you to read the book of Acts. Find out what church is supposed to look like. In the early church, there was the Holy Spirit fell, signs and wonders flowed, People were flowing in, in giftings, there were visions, people were having dreams, people were seeing the gifts of the Spirit in operation. That's the kind of church you need to be going to. If you're bored in church, find a church that meets your needs. Find a church that that teaches the Bible for the, who the Bible really is and what the Bible really is. And find a church where they understand The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to make it in these challenging times, you cannot be sitting in a boring, dead church. I would run from that church just like I would run from anything else that would keep me from entering into the fullness of God's uh, purpose and plan for my life. I would encourage you to find a good church so let's go on his understanding is unsearchable meaning there's so much more to god and there's so much to know about god and the things of god are exciting and it says here he who god gives power to the faint because god never grows weary he never faints He's never weak. As a matter of fact, He never slumbers. He never sleeps. He's always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, He doesn't change. He can be trusted. You can have confidence in Him. So what I love about my God, that no matter what, I could stand on the promises of His Word. I could stand and believe that what He said to me, He's going to do. Even sometimes when I don't always see those things happening in my life, And I've prayed about something, I know that if God said, I hear you when you pray, then I know that He is going to answer my prayer, and I just have to keep standing and keep my focus on Him and not lose hope. The Bible says men ought to always pray and not faint. What does that mean? That means. If you don't see some answers to your prayers and you're upset about some things and things seem hopeless and you've already prayed about it, well listen, don't faint. Jesus said it himself, men ought to always pray and not faint. Don't faint, another translation says, if you don't see visible results. Because as surely as I live, God said, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, And the answer is coming your way. So don't stop, don't quit, don't get upset, don't backslide, don't go back into some relationships you know you're not supposed to have. Keep your focus and your attention on him. And in the midst of your trial, just say, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I believe that the greater one is in me and I'm gonna maintain my focus on Jesus. So he gives power to the faint. And then it says here, and those who have no might, He increases strength. And then he says in the scripture, even the young shall faint and be weary. That's true, isn't it? No matter what age you are, no matter how old you are, there's times when we find ourselves weak. There's times we find ourselves we're just not as strong as we should be. He says, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But there's good news. The light is rising in your life. There's darkness. There's hopelessness. There's all these things going on in your life. But he says here, I have an answer for you. You want to stay strong in these challenging times? I have an answer for you. Those who wait upon the Lord shall what? Shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary and they shall walk and not faint. Now, what does this mean, Margie? You know, they that wait upon the Lord. I mean, I don't get it. I've had some of my God children say the same thing to me. Like, I don't get it. What does that mean? Explain it. I'll explain it perfectly because I'm gonna explain this scripture out of the Hebrew. The Bible was written in Hebrew and in Greek. And there's times you've got to take some of these words, or I can do it for you since I'm one of your leaders and I could do it for you. I can tell you straight up that this, there's more of a meaning to this word wait than just the word that we hear in English, wait. This scripture was written in the Hebrew, and the word wait in the Hebrew means, are you ready? It means to twist or to bind whence a rope this is the transliteration of the word wait and i can't pronounce the hebrew for you but this again is what it means it means to twist or to bind whence a rope this verse reveals the active nature of intertwining one's life with the life of god when this intertwining is being done That person, and I believe it's you he's talking to today, is made strong. Listen, they that wait upon the Lord, intertwines their life with him, is what? Is made strong. What does that mean? I'm going to say it again. They that intertwines their life with God, like a rope, is made strong. Now I have an example for you. I went out and I bought a rope because I wanted to see what it looked like because the Hebrew talked about this word meaning twisted and made strong like a rope, like whence like a rope. And I looked at this rope and I said, you know what? Look at how tight this rope is. Look at how strong this rope is. Because of all the fibers running together, this rope is very strong. And this is how it is when you intertwine your life with God. Your life is strong. No matter what comes your way, you are able to stand. I know sometimes you get weary. I know sometimes things bring you down. But as you wait upon the Lord, as you continue to grow in Him, your life is intertwined with Him and you are made strong. Let me show you some rope that was over at the store that had fallen apart and they let me take it home. This is what happens when your life is not intertwined with God. Things start to unravel. Things get weaker and things just don't go the way that they should. But when you intertwine your life with God, your life is made strong. What do you want to be today? Do you want to be this rope here that your life is unraveling? and that the threads are just coming out and you have no sense of direction or purpose because it just seems like you're scattered all over? Or do you want to be this rope that's firm and strong? This is what you will be when you wait upon the Lord, when you intertwine your life with Him. Now, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to tell people how to do it. How do you intertwine your life with God? Are you ready? The way you intertwine your life with God, and it's true for you, it's true for me, it's true for every believer. You know, God has no favorites. Okay, but if you go to his word, you could get the principles of how you can stay strong. How do you intertwine your life with God? By number one, daily renew your spiritual strength with a consistent, uninterrupted prayer. And devotional time you know I know we live in a microwave society we live in a drive-through Burger King society where everything's instant but if you really want to be strong in God you've got to make a decision that you are gonna spend some quality time with him and as you spend quality time with him and as you pray and as you read your Bible or read a devotional book, your life is made strong. You remember who you are. You remember what God said about you. And it strengthens you in your inner man. You see, my friends, seven days without prayer and devotional time makes one week. Makes one week. And at first, you don't notice it. You could take a couple of days, three days, four days off, and you don't spend time in the Bible. You don't spend time in prayer. But after about seven days, I'm going to tell you something. It is going to catch up with you. Okay? So we need to spend that quality time with Him, even if it's only 15 minutes a day. Begin with 15 minutes. I know a lot of you are busy, and a lot of you have a lot of things going on. But make some quality time with God. The Bible says that you are a spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, you have a soul and you live in a body. How do you know that? The Bible says it, where does it say it? 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Remember, go to the Bible and see if the things that you are learning in church are really in scripture. You are a spirit. The Bible says, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the day of Jesus Christ. And that's my prayer for you today, that your whole spirit, soul and body would be preserved blameless. So you are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body. The Bible also talks about the hidden man of the heart. The real you is your spirit. When your body dies, It's your spirit that leaves your body and goes up to be with God in heaven and Jesus in heaven. If indeed you are born again and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So you're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. And I want to explain it to you like this. We feed our bodies three full meals a day. We not only feed our bodies three full meals a day. We give our bodies snacks. We make sure our body has enough water. And for our bodies, we even take vitamins. And for our bodies, for those of us that like to work out, we go to the gym and we work out and our bodies, therefore, are maintained in strength and in vigor and we're healthy. And then you have your mind. You have your mind. And and many of us know how to educate our minds. And we go to school to educate our minds. and, And we study and we learn and we have our careers. And so our minds are developing. And that's good. We feed our minds all kinds of things in the intellectual realm and we grow, right? But what about your spirit? What about feeding your spirit? You want to be made strong. You want to be strong in God. You want to intertwine your life with him. You cannot be feeding your spirit one cold snack a week. You've got to intertwine your life with God. Feed your spirit like you would feed your mind and you would feed your body. You have to feed your spirit. How do you feed your spirit? Through devotional time and through prayer. And when you do that, your spirit is made strong. Your spirit rises up. Your spirit gains the ascendancy. There's a strength that you will have to overcome peer pressure. There's a strength that you will have to overcome bullying. There's a strength that you will have to help you to overcome some of the anxiety issues that you've had in your life. So this is how we can be made strong, by spending quality time with God, and I'm going to say it again, in a constant or consistent, uninterrupted prayer and devotional time. Luke 11:4, Jesus, when he was teaching the disciples how to pray, He said, when you pray, he said, pray, and he said several things. But one thing that really stuck out to me for you for today was, when you pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. What is daily bread? Script spiritually, daily bread is some kind of spiritual food that you will need for that day. And there's many online resources. I know my son he had some kind of online resource that he would always go to and and he would read that scripture then he'd say mom he said you know it's amazing because it's exactly what i needed to hear for that day you know and when you get that daily bread and you hear that scripture and you hear that word it causes you to get up get out of bed go to class or go, and do, go to your job, and it gives you the strength to overcome some of these dark, challenging times that we face. But you have to make an effort. You have to say, I am going to spend time with God. See, we can't depend on our parents and their relationship with God to keep us strong. You and I, all of us, have to have our own relationship with God. We have to know him intimately for ourselves. And that's what devotional and prayer time will do for you. What is another way that to intertwine your life with God so that you stay strong? And this is what I do. And I do this a lot. And I'm just going to share with you what I do. See, you can learn. Really quick, if you just listen to some of the teachers that know the Bible, they can help you and you could go a whole lot further than we ever could. We had to learn the hard way, but if you'll just listen to the things that I teach you today, you could learn instantly in this 30 minute tape and you could be doers of what I'm teaching you and you can be stronger than my generation ever was. That's why I believe that your generation is marked by God and he has raised you up for such a time as this. What's another way to intertwine your life with God? Are you ready? Again, this is what I do and I like this. Talk to God about everything. What does that mean, about everything? The Bible says, There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus Christ, the heavenly father and the Holy Spirit is a friend to you that will stick closer than a brother. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am with you always. I am right here for you. And what he's saying is, I want you to just act like it's so, act like it's so. So if he said i'll never leave you and i'll never forsake you that that means he's not just with you in your devotional time when you're by yourself in your room no he's with you when you get up out of that devotional time when you get out of the shower and you're done getting dressed and you're done with you know preparing yourself he's there when you get in the car he's there when you drive to work he's there when you walk to class he says lo he said to his disciples before he ascended up into heaven he said lo i am with you always even unto the ends of the earth i am with you and i am in you always so pretend like not pretend i don't want to say the word pretend but act like it's so meaning talk to him about everything everything when i go to the grocery store i say lord you know you know what do you think i should do which you know it sounds a little nutty i know but that's fine i could be nutty for jesus and i'm okay with that but in a healthy way lord you know which 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 bread do you think I should get today? And I just talk to him. I don't talk to myself. I talk to God. Lord, what do you think about the, this this top here? Do you think this looks good? What do you think? It's not like I'm hearing audible voices or I'm some kind of wacky person. It's just that the Bible says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. It doesn't mean that I need God's opinion about the clothes I have on, it's just, it's just for me, it's a way where I acknowledge him and I acknowledge his presence with me. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, I'll dwell in them. I'll walk in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So I just talk to God about everything. Proverbs 3.6 says, New Living Translation. It says, seek his will in all that you do And he'll show you which path to take. Now, if you're not seeking his will, and I've seen this over and over, what happens is you don't know which path to take. You know, you're just kind of wandering. But you know, the Bible says, God said, the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you, not harm you, to give you hope and a future. I want to show you the way that you should go. I want to lead you, and I want to guide you into your path and into your future and into your destiny. So God's saying, well, why wouldn't you ask me? Well, you know, I just don't, I've heard people say, well, I just don't want to bother God. What do you mean bother God? He loves you with an everlasting love. The Bible even says he loves you and cares about you so much that he's promised throughout the scriptures, not only to take care of you and provide for you, but he knows you so intimately that he says even the very hairs on your head are numbered. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. And when one falls out, he already has a count of how many hairs are left in your head. So you can talk to God about everything. And he knows your future better than you know your past. So why wouldn't you acknowledge him in all your ways? Why wouldn't you ask his opinion about which class you should take in college? Or what career path you should go? Or... And you know, you may not see everything all at once. It's something I've always said to my children. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered and established by God. It doesn't say the giant leaps and I'm going to show you everything at once. No, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered and established by God. God will show you and God will lead you and God will guide you in progressive ways. He will take you from one step to another step to another step, okay? So talk to God about everything, and don't be afraid to talk to Him about everything. He likes it when you acknowledge Him. He likes it when you talk to Him. He sees your heart, and He hears your prayers, and there's not one of your prayers that's ever fallen to the ground without Him hearing. So here's another scripture, Philippians 4, 6. It says here, Do not be anxious, about anything well i think okay god said not for me not to be anxious about anything but i think that i'm just going to be anxious about this one test i have to take Or I think I'm just going to be anxious about that one interview. I'll be anxious about that interview, but I won't be anxious about this interview. You know, we choose what we're going to be anxious about and what we're not going to be anxious about. (laughs) Well, you know what God said in his word? I love you so much. I care about you so much. Anxiety and worry and fear is not good for you. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your health. He's saying, listen, I don't want you to be anxious about... Anything. Not anything. Margie, are you sure? Well, I have it right here in my Bible. And if I had it opened, I would show you. I'm just reading it from my notes. Yeah, it says that. It says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? What am I going to do? You know, one of the things of anxiety is it's the big what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? And what if this? And what if that? Well, Jesus said, trust in me with all of your heart, your spirit. Remember, we talked about feeding your spirit. Trust in me with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, your mind, your will and your emotions. But as you acknowledge me and keep me first in all your ways, he says, I promise you, I will go before you. I promise. And I'll prepare the way. I'll make the crooked ways straight for you. I'll make the rough places plain. Acknowledge me in all your ways. And I promise I will direct your path. Well, how's he going to direct my path? You know, I'm going to tell you, that's a whole other teaching, but it's very simple that still, small voice, the voice of your conscience, just doing the right thing at the right time, not over-spiritualizing everything, just letting God, by the peace of God, order your steps. If you have a real feeling of, on the inside of like a red light, and like an adverse reaction to a decision you're going to make. I'm not talking about with your head. I'm talking about with your heart and something on the inside is just telling you that it's not right. Well, then go with that. You know, your conscience can be your guide as a born again spirit filled believer. The Apostle Paul said, I always obeyed my conscience. And does that mean we're always going to make the perfect Choices, no, we're not always going to make the perfect choices. I'm a prime example of a person who has not always made the perfect choices. Even at my age and as a minister, I have not always made the perfect choices. But you can trust one thing, that your heart can be right before God and sometimes your head can just be wrong. But God always looks on your heart. I hear him saying in my heart right now for you, And he already knows who's going to listen to this. And I hear him saying to you, In all your ways, you acknowledge him. And he said, I will direct your path. Your life will be so intertwined with me, you will be like this tightrope here. You won't be like one of these people that has no direction. God will order your steps. The Bible says the steps he will order. So it says here, do not be anxious about anything, about anything, not anything, not anything. And you know what? That takes training to not be anxious about anything. And even for me, there's times I have to just say to myself, Margie, you know, you got to do some self-talk. When Jesus talked about not being anxious in the book of Matthew, he, he told them, don't be anxious about your life, saying. So you can't keep saying. You know, I used to have times I would get anxious about things and get upset about things. And and, and it it took time and it took practice for me not to do that anymore. I used to have a real weird kind of anxiety. You want me to share with you what it was? I had this weird weird anxiety that I was going to lose my airline tickets. (laughs) And so what I would do is I would check and check and keep checking that I had my airline tickets when I was at the airport. And it was a very weird anxiety. I don't know where it came from. It's the fear of losing something, I guess. I don't know, I didn't really look it up online. Maybe there's a name for it, I don't really care. That's not God's will for me to have any anxiety about anything. And so when I decided, and I listen to what I just said, I said I decided I was not gonna let that anxiety rule my life anymore because it created chest pains and it created just something I just decided I didn't want in my life. And, and, and so I decided I'm not gonna let this anxiety rule me anymore. And so the next time I went to the airport, I put my plane tickets <laughs> in a certain spot. And then I have felt the anxiety, check for your plane tickets, check for your plane tickets. And I just made a decision and I said it right out of my mouth. I said, no, no, not taking the thought. No, no. Nope, fear has no power over me. Nope, nope, not checking, not checking, not checking. And it took time and it took practice and it took discipline. But you know what? Things in your life that you feed only become stronger, the things that you starve will become weaker. So I made a decision, I'm not checking for my plane tickets anymore, and you know what? That voice in my head, that anxiety and that fear, after a while, it just went away. Are you ever tempted to check for your plane tickets when you're at the airport? Yeah, I am, but you know what I say? No, no, because if you've had some kind of anxiety issues in your life, you will be tempted because the devil will not only tempt, test, and try you, but some of those things will come from within and, and, and there's, they're old thought patterns that have to be renewed. And so it just takes time to cut those things out of your life. And you know what? In the end, you'll be glad you did. So he says here, don't be anxious about anything. 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 But he says, now this is God talking to you in the world that we live in today. But in everything, by what? By prayer and petition, present your requests unto God. So we're talking about talking to God about everything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. There's times I even pray, you know, Lord, what would, in my heart, I just talked to him and said, Lord, what do you think would be the best route to get to where I need to be? Do you have the route? Do you have a navigator? And there's a couple of different ways. Well, yeah. What, it's just acknowledging him. What would be the best route? I am can't tell you how many times I avoided traffic. I avoided accidents because I just followed my heart. And again, it's not a weird kind of a thing. It's just talking to him about everything and acknowledging him in all your ways. Here's another scripture, Proverbs 16:3. It says here, commit to the Lord whatever you do. So you're in school, you're a student, you're getting your master's degree, commit it all to God. I have a friend, she's as smart as a whip, went to a great school in New York, was, had certain desires to do a certain thing, and then the desires kept somewhat changing. She, she's now got her doctorate, but it took time, it took, it took discipline, of course, for her to get to where she is, but she just kept committing her life to God. Commit to God, whatever you do. And she finally found her place. That's why you can't be anxious about your life. What, you know, what you're, you know, the scripture says, what are you gonna eat, what are you gonna drink? You know, your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. You know, you've got college students who are so stressed out in college because they are trying to figure out what they're gonna do. Let me tell you, life is a journey. It is not a race. You're, and I'm not being negative here, but most people who go to college for a certain degree, it's statistically proven that they don't always end up in that field. They start out somewhere, they get a degree, and they end up on a path they never thought that they would dream that they would be on. That's why when you commit your way to the Lord, you're not going to have a life like this. In your journey, you're not going to have a life like this where you wander aimlessly through life. You're going to have a life like this where you're so roped up with Jesus, you're so tied up with Him, that you know whatever decision you make, Lord, I thank you. I'm doing my best to follow you and my steps are being ordered by you. I'm roped up with you. I'm intertwined with you. I am made strong. You are the Lord of my life and I'm gonna keep you Lord of my life. I don't care what kind of winds come or storms come or beat against my house or what kind of peer pressure, anxiety. I'm gonna keep my attention and focus on you and this is the kind of life I'm gonna have in you. So, the scripture says, commit your work to the Lord, whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? What are going to be the results? And we're going to close with this. So, you're going to intertwine your life with God through spending time with Him and by talking to Him about everything, right? We're intertwining our life with Him. He is Lord of our lives. And it says here in the scripture, those who wait on the Lord, who intertwine their life with God, shall what? Shall renew their strength. They will stay strong. And what else? There's more. They will mount up with wings like an eagle, (laughs) and they shall run and not grow weary they shall walk and not faint so God's saying when you intertwine your life with me you're made strong and you're gonna what you're gonna mount up not with wings like a uh, uh, a a small little kind of sparrow No, 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 no. That's not what I've called you to do. That's not what I've called you to be. He says, when you intertwine your life with me, you're made strong, and you're going to mount up with wings like one of those magnificent eagles. And you're going to mount up, and you're going to be able to soar above all the circumstances of life you're going to have such vision you're going to be able to see down and you're going to be able to soar and you're going to be able to soar through storms and through 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 circumstances you are going to be like an eagle and 32 times the bible refers the christian life to an eagle so god's saying when you wrap yourself up in me I'm strong, you become strong, and you will mount up with wings like an eagle. And not only that, I got more for you, because when you walk with God, it's not only fun, it's not only exciting, but I'll give you everything you need. He says, I'm going to make you an eagle. He said, but you're also going to run and not grow weary. You're going to walk and not faint. In other words, I'm going to give you endurance and strength for for everything. I'm going to make you strong. This is what I would encourage you to do today. First of all, and I hope you did it when I was talking because you don't always need a formal prayer. I hope that you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ the absolute Lord of your life. You made that decision today. I hope you did that. And let's say you did do that today. Let's say you did, okay, today I make that decision and I, I, I'm, I'm going to commit myself to him and I'm going to be everything he wants me to be. But then two days from now, you have a situation and you fall or you get, you get mad or something happens and you get out of fellowship with him. What do you do then? You go running back to him. Say, Lord, I missed it. I made a mistake. I did this or I did that. Now I'm coming, I'm coming to you. And what you need to do is the Bible says confess your sin to him. And the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to what? Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So you get back into that place where you're made strong see like this don't think that you know you blew it two days from now after you heard this teaching and now you know your whole life is going to unravel no walking with god is a consistent daily fellowship relationship just like any relationship you're going to move away from it god will never move but there's times you know what you're human We all make mistakes and we're going to move away, but just get back on right center with him and forget those things that are behind and reach forth to those things that are ahead of you. And I have a scripture for you. I'm singing in my heart. I don't know where it is. I would encourage you to look it up on some kind of online um, Bible concordance. Take a couple of these words and look it up. I have a scripture for you. The path of the righteous. And that's what you are as a born again spirit, born again believer. The path of a righteous man is like the light of dawn. It will grow brighter and brighter and brighter until the noonday sun. So your path before you is like the light of dawn. And today is the first day of the rest of your life. And your life is filled with hope. God said, the plans I have for you are plans to prosper you, not harm you. Plans to bless your life, to make your life strong, to give you the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in me, I will not only strengthen you, but I will give you the desires of your heart. So I hope that's what you did. I hope you said, yes, I'm going to go all the way with God. Yes, I'm going to be everything God wants me to be because I can see that God's a good God. So lastly, I just want you to do a little study here. I would encourage you to do a little study on the life of an eagle. If God says that you're, as a born-again Christian, are an eagle, well, then I'd like to know what an eagle, what his life is like and what he can do. Okay? God bless you. And I hope that you will listen to the next session because I have more to say to you about how to live strong in these challenging times. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.